Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host, Sean Siriani, and I want to wish you a happy new year. January 1st, we're not messing around. Here's a new one for you. My guest today is none other than Tanya Evans Chinchuli. She is an extraordinary opera singer, an author, and is also the founder of Wish Arts, which is a program for artists to help them on their journey from workshops to just having an open ear for somebody to talk to. It's kind of tough for people in the entertainment or industry or different creatives or performers. There's no template to make this a profession. Everybody has their own path. And sometimes it can be tough. You could feel like an alien and maybe even feel like people in your circle won't understand what you're going through. But Tanya's program is amazing. To recognize that and to give you the help or just a needed ear. And yeah, we we touched just a very little on that, but uh, I wanted to put that out there and promote it. I think it's very important. And I know a lot of different ambitious creatives, sometimes from the messages I get, uh, I can tell that's something that it's close to home, you know? And yeah, even myself too. It's uh, it's rough in the jungle sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, you're going to get to know Tanya. You're going to hear her story. Uh, she's from the East Coast of Canada. We're going to learn a lot about the opera culture, which I am honestly pretty distant from. So which uh, was fun about this interview is I felt like I'd never run out of questions, <laughs> you know, but... Uh, after this talk, I got a glimpse into that world. And um, like I mentioned, she's an author. And she also just released this book called The Heart's Obsession. And it's a biography on a legendary songstress from Newfoundland named Georgina Sterling. You're going to hear why Georgina is so special. And so many other things in this interview. This was just a fun talk. And I really enjoyed having Tanya on the show. And like always, I'm going to give the reminder to all of you who are listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TalkShoe, or any of your favorite podcast listening apps, that each one of these episodes has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com. You're going to see pictures of me and Tanya in the studio, links to where you can listen to her music, where you can order the book, and all her social media where you can keep tabs and get the heads up the next time she's performing and you can check her out live, all right? And before we get into this one, I just simply want to thank all of you for a great year. You know, it started out a little rough. We lost our uh, our Girth Radio home studio at the Pacific Junction Hotel. There was a handful of episodes at the beginning of the year of me doing some phone calls and going to venues. And to be honest, I did not know the future of the show, but I always felt like we were going to figure it out. And we did. And also the biggest thanks to TalkShoe in the stack market for embracing the creative imbalance and making it its new home. We got more momentum than ever right now. And I feel like there's also a bit of a fire in me. You know, it's like this almost got taken away from me. And for a moment, I thought it was done when I lost the studio. And at least for an afternoon, <laughs> I was being overdramatic. But there's that cliche saying, it's like, 
you don't know what you have until it's gone. And I had a taste of that. And I feel like even though it was such a hassle losing that studio and it was heartbreaking, et cetera, et cetera, I'm kind of happy it happened, you know, just to get that perspective, um, to not take things for granted. I feel like I was starting to do that at that location. I was spoiled at the Pacific Junction Hotel. It it just seemed like it was something that was always going to be there. But in honesty, in anything you do in life, you really never know what tomorrow's going to bring. So you seize the now and you do everything you can to the best of your ability. And I'm not going to make this a long rant. Even though I'm getting fired up right now, I could I could probably go on for a half hour right now. But um, I'm just gonna say um, there's a lot of great stuff lined up for the next year, and it might not all unfold right away. Um, it's really exciting, and I'm not gonna say it out loud because I don't want to jinx some things. But again, thank you for listening. Over the holidays, I got some amazing messages from some awesome people. Whether it's about like how much they enjoy this platform. Somebody said they never miss an episode, and yeah, I'm honored, and that's just motivating me even more to make all of this just grow and evolve until the end of my time, you know? Because I don't really know why, but this is uh, this journey of telling people's stories is so close to my heart, and maybe throughout my life I had moments where I felt lost and not knowing what to do with myself. But this tiny platform and the small community of listeners we have right now, very special to me, makes me feel like there's some purpose than just waking up and going to work and repeat, paying bills, whatever. Feels like there's a little more substance for my being. So whether it's a podcast medium or this evolves into something else, Uh, I think the creative imbalance is something I'm going to do to the end of my time. And it just feels right. We're all in. Like you guys may know, Cat Clyde, a guest of the show and really good friend of mine. Amazing world touring folk artist. Stick and poke tattooed the logo onto my wrist. And I see that every day. And I never get sick of it. So that means there's got to be something going on that's right with the feeling I get and from... The incredible feedback I get from you guys listening. And I think that's all I gotta say to kick off this new year. Like I said, I'm fired up. I feel like I can just keep talking. But we're gonna let our actions do the talking. We're gonna kick ass in 2020. And I'm saying we're because just not me. This You're in this too with whatever you're up to. Wherever your ears are located and whatever you like to do. Whatever you're passionate about, you're going to kick some ass, okay? So without further ado, here's Tanya Evans Chinchuli coming at you right now! Girth Radio in session. Ex- 
excited to have you here. <laughs> Thank you. I got a I got a good feeling this is going to be a good talk. Yay. You got a great vibe to you. We've been texting back and forth, and I'm glad we could make this happen. Yeah, me too. Me yeah, too. so it's almost like uh, looking at your body of work. I'm almost like, where do I start? There's you're an author, you're an opera singer, you've got music videos, but maybe we should go back in time a bit and like, I want I want to know like how this started like do you do you remember like the first time you kind of got the itch to sing or like how you got introduced to all that totally I um I mean as a young girl I was really drawn to music growing up singing I wanted to be a pop singer and uh would just you know imagine myself being a pop star and and uh one one day we came downtown Toronto actually with my mom and my brothers to visit my uncle Brian and he lived downtown on on Bright Street and uh I sang Wind Beneath Your Wings by Bette Midler right oh, and I thought I was so cool <laughs> I thought I was just like so cool and uh and and he actually said cuz he was a huge um fan of opera and he, he said you have a classical voice. Like, you need to be classically trained. And at the time, I wanted nothing to do with it. Oh, really? You're I, like, pop star, pop star. Yeah, yeah, it was like, ew, opera? Like, ew. And uh, he sent me home with some CDs to listen to. And my mom forced me to listen to them, of course. And I actually started falling in love with it. Cool. I, I was like, I felt like such a nerd at school with all my friends in high school. Like I wanted to be an opera singer and they were all singing like rock and jazz. And cause I went to a school of the arts. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, I just got to a point where I loved it so much that I did not care what they thought. That's cool. Yeah. And, and also I, I find like being unique and kind of maybe separating yourself from like the flood or like the sheep or whatever you yeah. call it. That's gonna, something that's going to make you stand out. And like probably if a lot of people in your circle aren't singing opera or yeah. in your city or town or whatever and you become you like you become the opera singer yeah, like yeah. sooner Everyone's or later. Like, oh, that's Tanya. She's the opera singer, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool and like you get falling in love with that um it's interesting because, like, I've always appreciated opera, but, like, I know nothing about the scene. And um, on here, I talk to, like, a lot of, like, different rock people, yeah, like, yeah. rap stars, um, comedians. And I know how they kind of get into things through, like, the open mic scene and yeah. stuff like that. But what do you do as an opera singer? Because I've never been out at, like, an open mic and then somebody just start, like, belting out I opera. I know, right? Or, well, like... <laughs> actually, I, I've done karaoke a number of times. And, I, and it's always hilarious because, you know, you hear all these bad singers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then, you're, and like, so I, technically And trained. then I get up there and I'm, like, you know, singing or whatever. And they're like, oh, shoot, she's, like, a singer, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, sometimes I'll do, you know, some of the famous, like, crossover things, like Time to Say Goodbye in a karaoke bar. And everyone's just like, oh, my God. You find, like, but, the place just goes silent. Yeah, and yeah. Because <laughs> they're just like, okay, we didn't expect that. But, uh yeah, it's it's uh, I I always encourage people just to not necessarily go and buy tickets to see a, a fully produced opera, but like check out some favorites, you know, like yeah, yeah, those concerts where they have like you know the top favorite opera arias or whatever. Like that's usually enough to get someone interested and hooked and like, oh, because you're bound to hear a ton of tunes that you recognize that you never knew you knew. Ah, like yeah, from yeah. commercials or movies or whatever. And then that kind of, you know, edges you into that world of it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I stuck like one toe into that world just yeah. from like one artist. Um, 
Her name is Tarja something. Okay. But she uh, used to front this power metal band called Nightwish. And when I was a teenager, I used to listen to like Nightwish and she's just like all opera. Oh, wow. And um, she ended up quitting the band and like... uh, I later found out she started doing solo stuff and I just loved her voice so much. Cool. So I just ended up finding like her albums, but yeah, it didn't yeah, have yeah. the metal back in it. It was more like classic style. Yeah. So that's like my I'm extent. Yeah, yeah, I'll send some of it to I you. I do like that like kind of opera over, you know, different genres of music. And, I, and I've done experimenting with that too with my music. And it's cool because people are like, wow, I didn't think I'd like opera, but when you put it this way, it makes me kind of want to hear more, you know? Yeah, yeah. I even, I wrote down the name of the song, um, the the Nightingale one. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. you, you kind of did that, but it was, yes. it was more like, it was cool. Beats and, yeah. Yeah, like I could see that playing at like, um, I don't know, like one of those electronic festivals or something like yeah, that. And, yeah, And uh, I was looking through your... Um, through through all your work on Spotify, hoping I get find more of that style as well too. But you just have that one off. I do. Right? Yeah. I yeah. I want to. I want to do more of it actually because it is really cool and and just kind of helps to you know make people a little bit more open minded to to it. I think. Yeah. Again, like it may be like how I got hooked through like the metal and then ended up appreciating yeah. this girl's like solo work. You could probably do that to some other kids who are just there like at a, like a dance party or yeah. whatever. And then it's just like, Oh, what's his voice? And then you go down the rabbit hole. And, totally. Yeah. Well, that's exactly, exactly it. Cause I feel like, you know, there's some opera purists that, that don't approve of that and whatever, but whatever, it, whatever it takes to preserve opera and and keep the audience growing and i mean why not yeah that's that's interesting too it's it's just such it's like one of the most classic styles yeah. of like singing ever yes. and like that's cool you're kind of like uh i don't know being the warrior like standing <laughs> out while everybody else is just like rapping on soundcloud and like this is this is awesome yeah and uh even to go on like you're obviously like in touch with like the roots of it too and you've written this new book and uh her name is georgia georgina sterling yes yes and can you tell me a bit about her and uh, yeah so what inspired the book as well yeah absolutely so she was basically the first international opera singer from newfoundland um grew up in a fishing village had a dream to be an opera singer went off to actually even before she went to europe she came here to toronto for a year of studies and uh and then off to europe to train with some of the most world-renowned opera coaches one of them being um, matilda marchese who is basically responsible for the bel canto technique that a lot of opera singers train in and so for me she's just like this incredible uh empowered woman of the time like a real trailblazer and uh when I was, well, I guess in 1983, my grandparents gave me a very small book that had been written on her. Um, and at the time, there wasn't access to a lot of other information that's kind of surfaced since then. But I totally judged the book by the cover. It was like a kind of brownish, boring looking cover. I feel really bad saying that, but mm-hmm. I put it up on the shelf. And then it wasn't until about two years ago that I went back and took the book off the shelf wanting to kind of discover and and research my own, you know, Newfoundland history and that, you know, this woman was a fellow Newfoundland opera singer. And I like fell in love with her because just hearing stories about her and reading some letters that she had written, 
she was such a cool person, like just really down to earth and humble and, and gave of her time and talents. And, um, and what was also interesting was that I realized that there was a lot of uh, common repertoire uh, that we had both performed. And so I just started putting together a concert program cool. with like interjections in between on her life and fun facts, that kind of thing. And performing the concert mainly across Newfoundland at first. And uh, then we started having all kinds of people coming forward to myself and my grandfather on like Facebook and Instagram saying, you know, we found these other letters of hers or we found this piece of music that belonged to her and whatever. So that really inspired us to write a new book about her and really try and pull all these pieces together and and give people a bigger picture of who she was and what her legacy was. Yeah, that's beautiful. And yeah, you're just kind of like sending her name to like the next generation. It's awesome. Like it's published. I got the hard copy (laughs) right in my hand right here. I can't even believe it. I need to like actually still sit down and read it cover to cover. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) In actual book form. Right. Actually, uh, with your press release too, I got, um, a PDF copy, but I'm like, I'm so, I was going to dive into it, but I just hate reading on my phone or whatever. So I'm so happy this is here in front of me. So yeah, I definitely, gonna go through the history and yeah that's that's so amazing like uh and um you also uh made it like a song for her right or so there's a a song called marie that was actually so the nightingale one i wrote about her but the song marie which is kind of the common thread between the book and the two albums was written by a newfoundland folk hero by the name of ron hines and he he's really famous, especially in Newfoundland. He passed a few years ago of uh, throat cancer. But before he died, like very shortly before he died, he wrote this song, Marie, which is about her. Her stage name was actually Marie Toulingay and Toulingay, ah, okay. French for Toulingay, which is where she was from in Newfoundland. And so this, this piece, Marie, um, everyone's just kind of fallen in love with it. It's just one of those really catchy tunes and it's, really helps to bring her into the 21st century and kind of give people a more kind of connection and familiar familiar connection with her yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. and it's um it's cool like uh the music video for it as well too and i was telling you outside how like uh seeing the visuals of like newfoundland too it was making me imagine like myself just leaving toronto forever and pack up and leave (laughs) yeah it just looks so (laughs) peaceful and yeah you actually like visited her gravesite and everything yeah that video was filmed so her her um the gravesite is on the ocean in twilling gate and um they they had erected uh, a huge stone memorial to her and it just overlooks the ocean it's absolutely stunning yeah yeah what a cool place to be buried right oh yeah it's <laughs> it's it's epic in a it way really yeah is. Like, i think is there any room there for me when i die <laughs> yeah yeah definitely like put, put you beside her yeah. <laughs> can you imagine yeah. i am staking this spot for me <laughs> yeah and you you were also telling me uh i don't know if, if you want to talk about this on the mic though but you you kind of like are interested in her property as well oh that would be a total dream come true you never know like one thing that this journey has been is very serendipitous like all kinds of really cool coincidences and like just really special precious people i've come to meet and connections and stuff and so you never know like i just keep 
the other thing the other thing I've learned from this journey is like don't be afraid to ask yeah the worst that can happen is someone says no but if they say yes holy cow does it's like a domino effect yeah right yeah. and so I've just learned to kind of put things out there like that would be cool that would be nice yes I'd like that to happen and so much of it is it just kind of in its own time has been happening and it's been really cool i really really relate to that even with uh the podcast too like starting off i was a little shy and stuff like that and then like even like you said sometimes they'll say no and then sometimes they'll initially say no and then maybe a year or year or two years or whatever that you're in their head about something and it's like a better timing and then yes. you get like yes or like a contact out of nowhere and For that connects sure. to something else and absolutely yeah and uh, yeah you mentioned like the serendipitous stuff and like sometimes i like to get like really spacey about this and like i don't know if you had like those things where it just seems like such weird coincidences oh, yeah. of how stuff connects absolutely bizarre yeah. yeah and i i am not an expert on the universe or anything like that but like that stuff like I like to believe that means it's meant to be, Absolutely. you know, like it's almost like something's pushing you into the situation. Totally. It's like, hey, you're doing this or whatever. And like, yeah. it might even be like a thing you haven't even told anybody just like in the back of your mind. I can't believe like this is happening type yeah. of thing. And oh, yeah. Yeah. That's been happening a lot with the show, too. And I don't really like really talk cool. about it, too, because like, I, I don't know, it's kind of weird in a way. Like, I But feel- it's amazing what happens when you decide, like the minute you decide to follow your dreams and you follow your heart. Yeah, like yeah. you are rewarded for your bravery, for your action. I absolutely believe yeah. that. I also feel like sometimes like and maybe like any artist can relate to this, like the moments where I fell into a pit from following my stuff. It's like at the time it like really sucks. But then that always like turns into something. It's like yeah. almost like you fall into the ground to plant the seed totally. and then it grows into like whatever, like with whether the knowledge you got from it or just like. Maybe life just gives you a break like the next week and just like, I wanted you to learn this lesson type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. And um, yeah, it's beautiful. Like there's, I feel like I got so much stuff to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) I I got a handful of CDs and books and and yeah, this is, this is really, really cool. Also, um, back to uh, Georgina, um, as I was reading kind of the description of this book too, you said there's like, uh, or in the description, it said there's like layers of like challenges opera singers had back then and then they kind of relate to nowadays as well um can you tell us a bit about yeah, that? yeah I mean I I really wanted to get into some of the behind the scenes aspects of being um not only an opera singer but also an artist and um there there were you know like any uh, like any artist she had ups and downs she had trials and triumphs and tragedies and um she did at one point in her life struggle with alcohol um and that to some people gave them like a kind of a bad taste in their mouth about them but yeah, yeah. which kind of hurts me because i guess when I relate to her as an artist and I can only relate on a small level because I myself personally, not yet anyways, have not had the experience internationally that she had. Um, Hurts because, you know, you're out there with your heart on your sleeve trying to, you know, slug it out, make your dreams happen. And 
there's so much behind the scenes work and preparation that goes on to come out and then present to an audience this piece of like perfection like people see this final product that's like so you know you've worked so hard on it and perfected it as much as possible and um can they can be judged so harshly um and and they have no clue you know what what those artists have gone through to get there and it's like I always like to use analogy of like a figure skater when you're watching figure skaters in the Olympics on on TV right it's like terrifying yeah oh my god are they gonna make the double axle or whatever those you know crazy yeah they're not wearing like helmets either and they got blades on their feet and yeah Yeah. and so opera singers I find because of that art form can be very heavily judged as well on their technique and and all of that and ah, uh interesting yeah and so you know she struggled like any other human being um and had her coping mechanisms and stuff but what really inspired me about her was that she uh did the work to heal herself she put herself into um recovery home in england and then she came back to Twillingate and inserted herself into the community and gave back and coached and um, did all kinds of things for for the community, coaching in French lessons and music lessons and, and plays and delivering roses from her gardens to people oh, in the wow. hospital. Like she just was a really loving, cool, down to earth woman, I feel. Yeah, she sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. just really... You know, that's and that's Newfoundlanders for you, too, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a certain vibe to people from, yeah. out there. It's just like, I don't know, lots of soul, yes. I think. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I always feel like when I meet people from out there, too, it's just uh, I don't have to worry about what I, I'm going to say or whatever. It's just everybody's like very like accepting in a way yeah. and loving. And yes. It's like, I, and I've never been out there. Like, just like this is from... Uh, meeting people coming to like the city or whatever too it's just yeah, like yeah. it's, it's almost awesome. calling me in a way to yeah go. yeah it's pretty awesome place yeah i'm i'm, ex- I'm kind of scared too that i might just stay but that might not be a bad thing you know <laughs> but right now it's just like there's so much going on here where it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. i need to be here but yeah. maybe i don't <laughs> yeah 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 you, you should definitely make your way out there because it really is a very special place yeah, yeah yeah and and even though um you know georgina made it very clear through her letters that she would send home that even though she was performing and touring and visiting the most spectacular places in the world, you know, Italy, Paris, France, um, Germany, touring across the United States, she would always say things like, nothing compares to Twillingate. Wow. And I long for home, and that's where she wanted to go back and die. And, like, it's just, it was very, very special place for her. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm excited to dig through this book because, I don't know, I'm sure there's just, like, like, uh, do you have like any of her letters in here and stuff? Uh, like there that? are, yeah. There's oh, cool. copies of, of letters in there and and uh, pictures of, of things that that she owned and and actually lately I've been gifted a few of those things. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. and deserving too. Thank you, and yeah. and uh, you know, brought me to tears because it's like, how can you possibly part with this? This is like a huge piece of history that you've owned for so long, and now you're passing it on to me. I've, I've you know, I don't take it lightly. I've, a huge honor yeah yeah that's very very special yeah 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 so obviously she was huge inspiration to you yes and uh also on your path like i see you there's two albums in my hand right now um 
It was a busy two years. So the, the book took us two years to write from start to finish. It would have probably not taken quite so long if I hadn't been performing throughout, but there were definitely chapters that I felt I needed to write after I had experienced more things and, oh, wow. and more like just kind of... Like kind of explore as an artist in yeah, a way? Yeah, exploring as an artist, performing the music that, that she was known for and, and not only performing it, but performing it in Newfoundland in many of these places that she had performed herself. And so the the album, the Heart's Obsession companion album, seemed like a natural fit too to perform a lot of pieces that she was not necessarily operatic repertoire, but like more sacred souls and art songs, like pieces, beautiful ballads in English that that really kind of spoke to her um, her own roots of being her family from Ireland originally and her own love of the ocean and Newfoundland. Um, and so I, I wanted to kind of like shine a spotlight on some of those pieces that had kind of been like long lost pieces that I actually discovered in archives on the internet and stuff. And then through, um, through the whole process, getting to know the artist Ron Hines in a more intimate way through first performing the song Marie, I knew who he was growing up. But I, it kind of, like you mentioned, you know, you go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, I yeah. started going down the rabbit hole of, of his repertoire. And, and so much of it just really resonated with me throughout the journey of the book and, and such. Because all his music talks about, like, the love of Newfoundland and, and the hardships of Newfoundlanders and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. And, yeah, obviously, like, your voice is a fit to, like, all that work, too. Like, I, that's like Which is surprisingly, yeah. actually. Like, I love singing it, but that's that's one thing. But to, to feel that then you can take the technique that you've trained in and still sing in a healthy way but kind of transferred over to another genre of music and and add your flavor to it, but not, you know, I didn't want to sing those songs in like an operatic style. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to sing them in like a more folky, more ambient way that still kind of honored that music. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, but so. there's, there's still like a little sprinkle of the opera a here bit. and there. Yeah, yeah I liked sure. it a lot. Yeah, actually, I was, I was listening to this one, uh, Beckon Me Home that I'm holding in my hand and you guys can find online everywhere. <laughs> um, as I was like wrapping Christmas presents Aww. yesterday, it was, it was like just the perfect like oh, background so vibe nice. and it was just very nice. And like, I don't know, it was chill. Like oh, I kind of got lost. Into it. Yeah. 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 You get, you get lost. Like I, I, I really feel that Newfoundlanders are known for their storytelling. Yes. And yes. he was a huge storyteller. And, and I believe that although Georgina Sterling and Ron Hines were completely different genres of music, they were both storytellers and they both choose or chose or selected the music um, to perform that also spoke of their love for Newfoundland and things that were important to them. So there are common threads there for sure. Yeah, yeah. And would you say like um, uh, opera music, it's mostly like, I don't know, I, I guess like a live art form like you mainly like see it live like because yeah. i'm not really like in the mix of everything like with the opera scene right, or right, anything right. but that's always what i imagine too like it, it being in like a theater For or a sure. church or something like that yeah and did you mainly like do stuff like that before you started recording i, I did yeah i did perform in fully staged operas and and concerts before i um before i decided to have family um, and now I enjoy more like concert performing because it just 
works easier in my schedule at this point. Yeah, yeah. And plus, I just like, um, I personally as an artist feel like I'm able to connect with an audience on a, on a deeper level performing concerts because I can pick the music of like the messages that I want to get across. Um, and, you know, I can pick English pieces that might help pe bring people in as opposed to just singing um, different languages, you know, where some people might not obviously know what I'm, so <laughs> what I'm singing about, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, opera, a lot of, you know, we've got the Canadian Opera Company here. We've got lots of smaller companies here in Toronto and obviously across the world, pretty, mu pretty much every major city would have an opera company. But, and it is an incredible experience in person because you, you not only hear those notes but you kind of feel it yeah too. that's what i was it's gonna mention too it's, feel it. it's like uh yeah it's beyond like i don't and i don't think that always will translate to the recording yeah, yeah. it's like you're there you're actually seeing the person there and there's just like a there's, a yeah, vibration in the absolutely. air that's like gives you goosebumps about it totally too. yeah yeah i mean i can sit and listen to recordings of my favorite opera pieces and be moved to tears for sure but when you hear it live too, and like you said, like when you see that person performing it and they're in the role of a character who's, you know, most likely experiencing some type of tragic heartbreak or something, it it kind of does something to you, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. It's very moving. Do you happen to have a favorite piece? Um, I mean... <clears throat> I, uh, I I love singing Puccini. That's like one of my most favorite opera composers to to sing Puccini. Uh, his his operas are stunning, and you always come away humming a melody. Like very, I love I love when I can come away humming a familiar melody. You know, and, cool, cool. And that's one definitely one opera composer I love performing. Yeah, I'm not familiar at all. I'm gonna have to check him out. Puccini. Puccini. Yeah, yes. is he like a modern guy, an older school guy, or uh, like? Uh, Early 1900s, oh, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like when Georgina was performing um, in the late 1800s, it was like uh, Mendelssohn and Guno and then um, Verdi. And then it was like, who's this dude Puccini? He's like really trying modern stuff. Like people were like, what? Yeah. You know? <laughs> she was on the pulse. And the, yeah. yeah, and it's so funny to think back and think of like, that guy was considered, I guess, that guy yeah, was considered yeah. like new age at some point, right? Yeah, it's and I guess, cool. yeah, I guess like now he's a classic, oh, you yeah. would say. Oh, yeah. And that's always interesting. I think like at the time when somebody's like going in a different direction of um, like, I don't know, whatever the stream is doing at first, people might be like, oh, this is weird. And then like they might not even get appreciated until like after oh, they're gone. Absolutely. They're like, no, we see what this person was trying to do. And yeah. Like, Again, almost like in full circle of our conversation, it's like kind of like separating yourself from like what everybody else is doing. Totally. And yeah. I, I just like I love stuff like that, too. Yeah. yeah. I think like uh, also that inspires a lot of like guests I get on the show, too. Like I'll even like uh, see somebody just performing live, for example. Uh, she's a good friend of mine now, but her she's an artist named Sages. Uh huh. And um, I saw her live and I'm like. I don't know what this is. You should come in and let's talk about it. And like, That's and then after cool. like, kind of cool. like getting in their head and like, 
you start appreciating it more and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. There's, that's just one of many examples of like the show too. And I feel like after this episode, I'm going to go home and start listening to, to some Pacini. Oh, and yeah. like, yeah. I'll send you some links. <laughs> yeah. I'll send you some links. Give me some bangers as the kids Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. No, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah, this is a lot of fun. And, Thank you. Um, yeah, it seems like you're busy. Like, um, I was kind of like scrolling through your social media. Like, these were like in a store now. Like your so your books yeah. In Newfoundland, there's a there's a, there's a few spots, but one of the main spots in in St. John's, Newfoundland, is uh, Fred's Music. It's been there forever. It's just this classic, awesome music store, right? You can go in buy CDs, vinyl, cassettes, everything. And so when I was there in the in the late August for the book and album launch. I had a, a performance in there and a book signing, and uh, they've been awesome. So they have they have like the book and the albums in there, and so yeah, that was like a little post out. Hey, everybody in St. John's, if you're still looking for any Christmas gifts, that's that's really <laughs> cool. Over to too. Music. <laughs> yeah, especially like uh, since you said it's like locally there, it's like mm-hmm. it's like a respected music store and yeah, everything. It is. And yeah, that's awesome. It's like, like one of the longest surviving actual music stores you know yeah and now you're a local legend as well and <laughs> you're on the shelf there so. yeah <laughs> yeah no, it's amazing everyone's like who's this uh who's this italian chick moving in here on our new fee uh <laughs> she took up a whole shelf there's there's 10 cds and a book <laughs> it's amazing how though. the heck do you pronounce her last name yeah yeah <laughs> i might need to get you to pronounce it one more time on the mic just for my my intro <laughs> and it's uh here let me butcher it for a second <laughs> tanya evans Sienkula. <laughs> i purposely uh screwed it up yeah but tanya evans chanjuli chanjuli yes I, I love it it's 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 a it's hard to read it and say it at the same yeah. time because like i don't see an h it's c-i-a-n-c-i-u-l-l-i yeah. and everybody type that in and also <laughs> if you want to check out the book in the her music, the music videos. I want to let you guys know if you're listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TalkShoe, and any of your favorite podcast listening apps that each and every one of these episodes has its own homepage That's at com. And yeah, we're going to, on the page for Tanya, you're going to see links to everything all her work and yeah so if you don't remember everything we talk about today just go there (laughs) yeah and also i wanted to talk to you about um or ask you what is a wish arts so wish arts um i i uh in in 2010 2011 i was doing actually some uh production of fully staged operas and and concerts with orchestra and uh to be honest with you it it really took a toll on me and it's opera is an incredibly expensive art form to produce but what i noticed throughout that process and and again it's like everything happens for a reason was there there's always like this kind of um unspoken about um you know the more behind the scenes aspects of being an artist of any genre um the highs and the lows and how to deal with them and how to deal with like postpartum creative depression and the negative inner chatter that kind of beats you up it's like we spend so much time training our voices and learning this you know repertoire in different languages and the techniques and everything and then you have to go on stage and perform it 
and you haven't really done any psychological work or the whole time you're performing it, you've got this person in the back there in your mind giving oh, you wow. all these like negative, you know, yeah. chatter and whatever. So there's like almost like a toxic layer to it. Totally. Yeah. So what I, I, and for myself personally, started doing a lot of self-development work and reading a ton. So Wish Arts came out of that need and desire to want to um, help other artists, um, you know, work on their inner dialogue, you know, some psychology, Uh, um, just on on being an artist. And and so I offered um, workshops and and six-month-long courses on um, all kinds of aspects of being an artist. So, like, we had, like, group sessions and worksheets and just all kinds of teaching people all kinds of tools and things to, you know, this is what you can do if you start having this kind of anxiety come up in you or, um, you know, what, what to, what's your routine on a performance day and all those other kinds of things that are really important about being an artist and performer. That's beautiful. And that's so unique. And I think it's something that's needed to, I don't know, because some, some people will have like all the talent in the world and you never know, just like, yeah. certain experiences might just knock them down so hard and yeah. like they might quit you know oh, and that sure. that happens in any art form you know it's like i hear yeah um my last episode i had a comedian in here and she was saying it's like uh she because she met me before but she couldn't remember and then she remembers she's like i honestly like every week i meet like a handful of like 20 new comics and then there's like the rate of people quitting or whatever wow. and they all have like whether it's just like bombing on stage or their internal narrative yeah. and stuff like that, where like some people will have like this gift, but like yeah. there's maybe layers to different things. And that's, that's so beautiful that you yeah. like kind of like are comforting and like almost like uh, being this like artist, like therapist in a way and like pushing towards like, I don't know, just like, cause I, I also feel like people put out their best work too when they feel good as well. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's yeah. amazing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and as artists, there's a lot of uh, we. I, I feel we have such a broad range of emotions that we access. Yeah, you know, like there can be lots of kind of melancholy, depressive mm-hmm. times that we go through, and uh, I think that's what makes us good artists. Yeah, yeah. Because you, it's not just all happy, happy, joy, joy, right? <laughs> it's there's there's a lot that that we have to access as artists to kind of put it out there and have people feel a connection and resonate with it but it can also come with like oh god i i feel really low and i'm really second guessing myself and doubting myself and how do you kind of push through that and heal your own stuff so that mm-hmm. you can you know help others heal yeah really. yeah did you end up like hitting a wall yourself too to like kind of like i don't know be uh, yeah. empathetic towards like this yeah i mean i've always i've always struggled with like those kind of melancholy feelings, I did go through a period where I felt very depressed and went on antidepressants and dug deep and did the work and went to a therapist yeah, and yeah. all this. I believe you got to do the work. I think everybody has to do the work, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and so, yeah, so I, I can be, that's, that has made me really empathetic to what other people are going through. And I think that that's allowed me to help other people along my journey too yeah yeah do you find also like uh kind of putting out that energy helping people too it like 
it, even though it may not be like your intent, it helps you as well. Like oh, it just like hundred percent almost comes full circle. Hundred like, percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. almost like uh, what's that quote? The the tide raises all ships. Yeah, yeah. I love that quote you know? by the way too. Yeah. And it's just like uh, I I hear this on like a, that quote over and over again on a, another podcast from another artist who's oh, in the cool. metal scene. He's always like high tides raise all yeah. ships, and he like put it on a shirt and That's stuff as awesome. well. Yeah, yeah, because um. It's just like he talks about how in certain scenes that um, there could be like jealousy or like people like trying to like or feel like somebody's trying to take take your spot or there's not enough. But really when like everything's vibrant and moving and every like it just it helps everybody. And I can't stress that enough. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There's abundance everywhere if you look. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny, too, because like the podcasting scene, like I guess like. I've, I've seen that in there too. There's little circles too. I'm like, oh, this is just weird. Like we're like, we're tiny, like we're just like a tiny group. We shouldn't be like that. We should be like kind of yeah. like supporting yourself. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. But yeah, I love how you dropped that quote right there because that's uh, something I think about all the time it's as so well. True. It's yeah, so yeah. true. It's so true. And um, yeah, like uh, this is so awesome. I got the physical copies right <laughs> <Yay>! now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh after the holidays, any like plans for you or anything? Uh, we are we're gonna be spending some time in uh, Miami. We spend our winters in Miami. Actually, uh, I've been homeschooling my kids for six years now. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that allows us the flexibility to travel. And I I have um, a coach out there that I train with um, frequently. And I'll have some book signings and concerts out there as well. So oh, beautiful, yeah. So the the year is already shaping up, and and we'll see. I'm I'm really not making too many plans because if if it's one thing I've learned is that like just keep doing the work, keep following your heart, mm-hmm. keep doing what feels good, and it just kind of opens up for you along the way. Yeah. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and you're doing amazing. Look Thank at look you. at the table. There's books, CDs. You. You're going to Miami doing some shows, Thanks and so yeah, much. yeah. Are you are you doing any like uh, shows in this area anytime soon? Um, I did just do a, a really big Christmas concert last week, just over a week ago, and uh, I do an annual Christmas concert and collaborate with some some artists, and we always pick a different charity to raise funds for. So this year we raised funds for the family of uh, Maestro Carrie Stratton who wrote the foreword for our book. Oh, okay, cool. And he's uh, uh, the conductor of the Toronto Concert Orchestra that performed for years at Casa Loma, and he's also radio host and has, you know, conducted around the world. Wow. We, yeah, we so we really recently lost him to ALS, and he was a really uh, treasured mentor of mine, too, in my career. And so this year the proceeds went to him. Oh, that's beautiful. And, yeah. uh yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what's on the horizon for this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, exciting times, and yeah, I want to thank you for a great talk today. Thank I knew it was going to be so a good much. one. You have an I awesome like, vibe to you. I like digging in. You yeah, know? yeah, like, and uh, yeah, definitely down the road. You're welcome back anytime so too. Much, and um, yeah, keep in touch if you got like some shows in the area yeah. or whatever. We'll always like share that, and like that's what we do with awesome. all our guests here. And yeah, I'm gonna have to go home and listen to. Uh, Puccini. Puccini, yeah. I'm going to send you some links. Yeah, yeah, You're please gonna do. You're going to be crying all night. <laughs> I love it. And I'm, I'm going to send you some night wish as well, yeah. Actually, I do want to look that stuff up. That sounds really cool. Yeah, amazing. So, yeah, I guess uh, like every episode, we're going to end with a song. And here is, what's it called again? Marie. Marie. And I'm going to play Nightingale. And Nightingale. Sing. Awesome. Cheers. Thank Thanks you. Thanks so much, Sean. Thanks so much, Sean.
Life's too fast for a young girl So far from home So far from home Better watch out for what you wish I can't believe I used to dream of this Now I dream for what I miss Now I miss my home Now I miss my home Twilling gate that a tiny twist of fate smiled upon. <laughs> 